Here's to courageous pioneers who understand a legacy is multifaceted. Welcome to our Legacy Planning Podcast, a podcast for leaders and visionaries of all ages. Whether you are an independent entrepreneur or someone who is part of a family business, you too can leave something of value behind for a greater purpose. Perhaps your legacy will improve workplace cultures, seize authentic moments, or inspire others with your talent. Your host, Angelina Carlton, is the founder of Design Your Legacy, a boutique advisory firm based in Beverly Hills, California. She is a mentor and coach to leaders like you and has contributed to Alliance, a philanthropy magazine, as well as to women in family business. She has been recognized by Los Angeles Biz as an LA woman of influence, as well as by World HRD Congress for her work. Remember, you deserve great coaching because your legacy is worth completing. Good afternoon, Melanie. Thank you so much for joining me. And for our audience, my name is Angelina Carlton. I am a legacy planner, and I get to um, have the opportunity to talk with Melanie Vizi, who is also a coach, and she has been coaching for over 30 years. And she is a graduate of Carnegie Mellon's Fine Arts Program, and she has also developed private school programs related to dance and theater. And I wanted to have an opportunity to bring some of the tougher questions that coaches are facing today, not just for other coaches, but for anyone who might be watching this that would like somebody to talk about some of the the subject matter that I would uh, like to bring up because it's what I'm hearing and it's some of the patterns, trends that I've been coming across in the last 12 months. And so I thought we'd dive deep in some of the uh, tougher topics today. So welcome, Melanie. Thank you. It's so wonderful to be here. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk with you about this. Thank you so much. And is there anything about your background that I may have missed or Um, that would be important to highlight? Well, you know, I'm I'm a coach, but I... uh, most of what I do is in the vicinity of the uh, vocal and acting um, coach. I coach singing, I coach voice, I, co- I coach audition technique. Um, but within that, what's so important is that the clients that come to me, I coach them to be a whole person. I want them to be their very best. So if they're anxious about something, if they're not understanding the way a role should be played, we go into their life and what's, what's working, what's not working. How, how do we, how do we get out of you? What needs to go into this part or, you know, what's holding you back? What are you afraid of? So it's becoming so I do coach the whole person, but it's, it's kind of a specific niche. So what I liked about that, what I'm hearing is um, reaching into their mindset, helping them grow and develop personally and whatever obstacles that they have, unpacking that so they can grow to the next level of their evolution, step into their role and move forward compared to what I call staying in the loop around the airport, another <laughs> week, another month, another year. Yes. yes. Okay. So the first question that I wanted to start with is, this is what I call all the world is a stage. So okay. whether it is the, um, you know, what I call the, uh, um, the, the, the business side of acting or the acting side of business, 
um, there's many different threads that overlap. So um, being on stage can bring one type of priceless education. What did it teach you that makes you a great coach in leading others? Uh, you know, uh, being on stage is one of the most electrifying experiences. I think for anybody that has had the opportunity to experience it, they're kind of bitten by a bug. Um, I almost call it, sometimes I call it an illness or a drug uh, because when you're, when you get to experience this energy of being, energy, so much energy, an energy of a, a cast coming together and creating something is, and then learning, pushing your brain and your body and your mind to learn something brand new in a short amount of time, and then come together and throw it up on stage is, is, I can't, I can't it, it's just anybody that's done it whether you're an amateur or uh, a professional, it's incredible. So, so it's an experience. Yes. It's and, an experience. And, when, and being that you have walked through it. Yes. You can relate to somebody. You know, the other metaphor I have is sometimes a coach is like, um, you know, a Girl Scout or a Boy Scout leader. You have to walk them through the woods to the, right. to the canoe at the lake and say, well, watch out for those acorns there and those pine cones there and step over the poison ivy. Right. So being that you've experienced it, you can walk someone through not just what right. happens mentally and internally, but the fact that you're going to get blasted with this energy of all eyes on you. And it's going to be this almost like a high, an intoxicating right. high. It is truly a high. So one of my favorite things to say is I wish I had a teacher or a coach like me when I was younger because you know, even when I was in college, they kind of, and this was an incredible musical theater program that is still one of the top 10 in the country, is that they fed us with all of this incredible training and gave us the ability to, to jump off of college right into New York City with an agent and ready to go. But what they didn't do is they didn't give us the business of the business. So we kind of all floundered, not all mm -hmm. of us. We, there's, there's a lot of people in my class that are still working and, and there's a lot of people in my class that have become teachers. Um, but so now I am able to take my clients and not only build them up, which is so important to me, building up because who am I to take anybody's dreams away? If you want to be a performer, if you want to be an actor, if you want to be a singer, if you want to be, you know, just better at it, then let's get you there. Let, mm -hmm. let me help you. Um, and but, also helping them with that landscape of what they need to be aware of. Right. On the business so, side. so, so I am now able to say, listen, you know, there's 20 million others, people that look exactly like you that 
have better voices than you do, are taller than you, have, you know, bluer eyes than you. There, you, you have to be honest with yourself when you're trying to achieve something that's almost impossible to achieve. And that's the, that's the nature of the, the entertainment industry. Absolutely. And so what I'm hearing also is um, a bit of managing expectations so they don't get hurt. They don't get blindsided. And I I completely um, can relate to that. I remember graduating from Penn State and feeling like if I ran to the middle of the football field faster and I caught the football, then that would be success. Uh, About 10 years ago, I got to the middle of the football field and I looked around and I thought, what if I don't even know the rules of the game? What if I don't even know the game that's being played? And so I think in the last 10 years, I'm kind of a little bit more cautious, whereas I think when somebody is young, they don't know what they don't know. And they- Ignorance uh, is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. And it also can be, it can be a benefit. But then if somebody gets hurt, that's also, it can just, whoo. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what happened to me is that I think I booked the first two things I auditioned for. And I thought, this is the easiest thing I've ever done. You know, I, I booked the first two jobs that I auditioned for. It's like, okay. So then I went on the third one and I didn't get it. And then I went on the fourth one and I didn't get it. And then I went on the fifth one. And now my, my confidence is starting to, to lower. Sure. So, so, but nobody said to me, this is the way it works. Absolutely. That's so, 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 I'm so able to bring that to my coaching, you know, and, and I always say to my clients, you have to want it. I can't do it for you. Mm. I'm going to give you the tools, right. but I can't make you a better singer, a better performer, a better, you have to want it. You have to work for it. You have to show up and do, you know, if you're not a dancer, you have to be a dancer, go to dance class. Mm-hmm. You know, you get Yeah. And there's also something to be said about that confidence piece, because here is the worldly success and here you are. And sometimes the world's going to love you. Sometimes it's not, but you can still have confidence. You can still have that core foundation within you that says, I'm okay, whether the outside world loves me or not. Agree? That's really, really important. Yes, absolutely. Because this particular industry is so filled with rejection Mm. that you have to have such a self-love practice, such um, wonderful people around you that are going to, to lift you up and say, all right, so what happened? Why Mm -hmm. didn't you get that part? You know, what do we need to work on? And then you need to allow them the space to go through the, 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 the uh, rejection, the anger, the depression that follows, and then be able to say, okay, let's, something better is coming, you yep. know? Yep. And, and so, so one, one of the reasons why I'm also bringing this up is because if I think about, for instance, family businesses, what if there's a member of the next generation that says, I don't want to be that role? Where So now, where is that support system that says, we still love you unconditionally? So if the success is here, but they're over here, 
what, what I'm bringing up is um, developing the whole person. So it's yes. important to develop the skills and the talents, but then there's also who we are when, the, when we're not on that stage. Yes. Yeah. And, so go ahead. Well, I was just going to make a joke about uh, the hard work piece. I remember um, growing up, my dad used to tell me, um, you have to want it and you have to be ready for it. And those are two very different distinctions. And it, what it reminds me of is um, that what, one of the scenes in the beginning of the movie, Jerry Maguire, where the young boy throws the golf club. Because <laughs> it's not always easy and, and, and it does take time in the growing pains. It's not. It's so, and that's why I call it a drug because you get hooked on it and you need a fix. And then you don't get it. Mm -hmm. You don't get it, you know, and you have to take a side job and you have to. So, so, you know, what is the whole person? The whole person is me saying to my clients, what do you love about yourself? What do you hate about yourself? Why do you hate that about yourself? You know, where did that come from? Stop that. You know, let's, let's look at that. Um, you know, I have clients that are shy that want to be performers and I, it's, you know, and I'm, I'm always baffled and I, I have one teenager and she sings so quietly, but she has such a beautiful voice. And I, and I said to her last week, do you, do you sing loud when you're by yourself? And she said, I do. And I said, why aren't you letting me into that? She said, I'm afraid. What are you mm -hmm. afraid of? What are you afraid of? It's just me. What's the worst mm -hmm. thing that can happen? My voice might crack. So my voice cracks all the time. You know, it's, it's, it's building. There's so much pressure today. So much more pressure. Yeah. And, and and I, I was also going to add, I think that it's countercultural to say, I will love myself and fill myself no matter whether the world is offering their applause. I just think it's, it's, it takes a courageous person. That's just a personal opinion. It, it's, it's totally a personal opinion. You know, I, I still go through it when I, when I go and audition for something and I don't get it. And it just, it like brings me down, you know, it hurts. It hurts in my, my heart and I have to pick myself up and I have to remind myself, what are all the good things? What are all the, you know, so it's, it's, it's important. It's, you have to really be intuitive with your clients. You have to have. You have to be able to see through. You have to feel the energy. You have to be able to, you know, there's, there's like, you have to lift them up for a little bit and then, and then take it down a notch and just say, okay, let's work on this. You know, you have all that going for you. Let's work on this for a little bit. Um, it's amazing. Amazing what happens. So, okay. so here is a, a second question. Um, you know, the things that come with success as well as failure, uh, what do you think are some of the things that come with both success and failure that wasn't talked about when you were coming into either? 
You know, I think success is obviously a validation of what you've worked really hard to create. Um, with success comes, I'm, I knew I was good at, at this. It's, you know, and there's also people around you that are applauding you, that are telling you how wonderful you are. Um, and it, lift, it lifts you up. It takes you to, well, I did that and I was so successful. I'm going to try this now. I'm, um, you know, okay, I see it. Um, <laughs> I, uh, my failures have allowed me to be not only sympathetic, but em empathetic. Okay. So to the human family, experience or to, to, to anybody, to the human experience, to, I mean, I'm a very sensitive person to begin with. Um, but when a client comes to me and they're not achieving what they want to achieve, I understand them because I've been there, mm. I've been in their shoes. It's so important to put yourself in other people's shoes, to look at things from different angles. You know, we live in a world where everybody, everybody thinks that it's, it's all about me, you know, and, and the mindset that unfortunately no one cares, you know, there's so much of that out there that, you can spend, you know, hours and days, uh, you know, let's just use Instagram for, you know, perfecting a post and making it the way you want. And you think it's so beautiful and, you know, or, or a play, even anything you put all your life's blood into that and you put it up and you go, there it is. There's my creation. And nobody reacts. Nobody mm -hmm. comes to see the show. Nobody likes your post because everybody is doing their own thing, mm -hmm. trying to get recognized, trying to get noticed, trying to get, you know, so that they can feel that success and have great feelings and the validation, so, the validation, validation. The connection. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think is one of the blind spots if somebody comes into success too quickly? And this is why I'm asking. There's yeah. a, a, the, the sector that is, creating the most wealth for individuals right now is the tech sector. So somebody could be 20, 30, 40 years old, and they can find themselves to go from one lifestyle zoop, to another lifestyle. But, but what comes with success coming, coming too quickly can be a multitude of things, regardless of the industry. And I wondered if you would talk about what you've seen regarding when success comes too quickly. Well, emotionally or in any dimension or aspect. I think the, the most interesting facet of that scenario is that you think it's going to be that way always. And mm -hmm. so you, you spend money thinking that it's always going to be there, that, well, that's in my bank account. And now, you know, I've invested it a little bit, or I'm putting it into my house, or I'm going to buy, 
a new car and that's going to make me more successful, look successful. So I'll have all these things around me that are going to make me feel and look more successful. But it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily stay that way at all. You know, you never know what's going to happen in life. You never know what the next day is going to bring. You know, there could be a, a, a hurricane. There could be an earthquake. There could be some stock market crash. Yes. Stock market crashes. You yeah. Know? And, and then all of a sudden, this whole lifestyle that you have means nothing. Hmm. And so you're left with, you know, that, that, that emptiness again, that, and that's why it's so mm. important to, to know that your worth is not based on your worth. Yes. I was just going to say, how does somebody make peace with that emptiness? But that's a whole other conversation for another day. Yes. 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 Okay. It's, it's, that's, it's, you know, and I think especially during the pandemic, I think a lot of people have had to do that is making peace with their situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think that uh, your experiences would make you an excellent mentor. And I have to wonder if yeah. some of the uh, individuals who had parents in an industry, um, how much that may have assisted then the next generation with knowing uh, what the blind spots are, what the curveballs are, um, because yeah. it's more than just like somebody can have a great skill of singing and dancing, but then there's all this other stuff that right. is not covered. Yeah. And that yeah. they still walk into that. Yeah. Okay. And, I, and, I, and I've worn, you know, many, many hats over my journey as a, uh, you know, I've been, I've absolutely been a mentor to so many people and, you know, and have just said, you know, okay, you're going to do this, but I just want you to think about these these few things, just plant the seed, just plant the seed. You can still go do what you're going to do. Who am I to stop you? But just when this happens, just remember that you might want to do this or might want to do that. So it's, it's, you know, when you, and the hardest part is when people don't listen, you know, people don't listen but but then they find out themselves they make the hard ways themselves yeah. yeah yeah and I was just gonna add that I think coaching is also so priceless because whether it is the entertainment industry or any industry you need people that you can trust and I can imagine that whether it's success or failure um, that trust factor is definitely uh, it comes into play are they just talking to me because I'm successful are they just talking to me because I've made it big and right. who will tell me the truth? Yeah. But isn't it that way in life, no matter what you do? Are you, you know, are you, why? You know, I even had that feeling about, about, you know, our discussion today. Why me? Why did you pick me? You know, and, you know, and then I, I you know, we self-sabotage all the time or, um, you know, just don't look at, how far we've come, what are our successes, the little ones, you know? And so whenever I have issues with Instagram, I say, uh, yes, um, 
Well, I just think that, you know, there's, we all self-sabotage to some degree and we all have this, uh, the, the imposter syndrome that pops up and says, uh, you know, you're not good enough or why, why me, you know, instead of embracing it and going, Hey, this is, this is cool. You know, I'm meeting a brand new person today and talking about stuff that I love to talk about. So, you know, you have to trust the universe sometimes and say, all right, well, this, that's, let's go. Yeah. And it's good to understand. All right. Um, how to work with fear also, because uh, it's always going to be there and just kind of built into our instincts. So speaking about fear, I'd like to div, uh, dive deep into a topic. And I wondered what you might have to say about this topic. It has to do with being method actors. Would you like to maybe um, oh. define simply what a method actor is for somebody that might not know? is somebody that is reading a script and finds out that their character has an alcohol problem. In order to prepare for the role, the actor will start drinking. Okay. So that they can understand what it's like to be an alcoholic. They can feel it. Um. <sighs> It's, uh, it's, it's not my favorite method, hey. <laughs> method actor. Um, hey. There's safer, healthier ways to, to do that kind of thing. I mean, absolutely. If you can experience something safely, uh, you know, like is an, is, an avid rider of roller coasters, well, sure, then go ride some roller coasters. Or, um, you know, as a gardener, then take up gardening and see how that feels. So, uh, but method actors a lot of times have a bad rap because they get so immersed in their character that they lose themselves as a person. Can, can you give an example of... They, 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 of of which of, of, of oh I, I somebody become yeah. somebody um yeah uh, maybe someone that we yeah. might yeah there's a five second delay someone we Ask might know someone we might know in a, a mainstream okay. movie oh sure um dustin hoffman is notoriously a method actor um i think meryl streep is too um, it's, it's just a school of, you know, immersion, you know, I want you to really feel it. And no, where, whereas the difference is, um, in order to become an alcoholic, I'm going to watch, I'm going to go to bars and sit and watch that person. I'm going to watch movies. I'm going to do my research. I'm going to understand how to put that character on, try it on. So, you know, I think that 
doing it the other way, imagining as if, as if it has happened to you. So you have to really use your imagination and say, you know, um, what if you're an actor that gets really sick riding roller coasters? How are you going to do that? So you have to imagine, imagine it. So, um, you know, so being a method actor uh, is very all consuming and I think can be unhealthy okay. because you can't separate yourself from uh, and then what you see is especially people that are playing really serious roles, they almost can't come out of it at the end of the shoot, at the end of the play. They can't, they, it takes, you know, sometimes they have to go to therapy because they've embodied this character so full on that, you know, it's hard, it's hard to break free from it. Yeah. Um, the metaphor I, I sometimes use is um, if there's a six foot trench, like if we think about World War One or two, if the human mind does that enough times, becomes so familiar, it becomes what they fall back into. So the reason I bring this up is because sometimes the, uh, the next generation who find themselves either in an affluent family or a family business can many times have developed who their parent wants them to be, who the family wants them to be, maybe what society expects them to be, but they have not had an opportunity yet to be able to develop their actual identity. So I wanted to speak into this with you because uh, you've seen both sides. You've seen it when uh, an actor or an actress or anyone, it's a human being, will invest into the development of a character. And then now as a coach, how it is to develop somebody's confidence, who they are as a whole human being. And I just thought that you've kind of seen both sides. Any thoughts on that? Oh, is it frozen? Yeah, it's um, that are expected to play a certain role in life. Oh, sorry, you're, you're, yeah, you're frozen. It's okay. <laughs> and you, okay. if you can hear me, I'll keep speaking. Yes, I can hear you. I can hear you. Yes. Okay. So, there you go. Um, I think with kids that are expected to behave a certain way and assume certain roles in life are often very unhappy because they haven't been allowed to explore who they truly are. And a lot of times you, um, a lot of times you see these kids rebel and because they never were allowed to express themselves um, or it becomes a midlife crisis because they did what society said you know they went to a good college they got their master's degree they found their wife at college they lived together they got married they had a dog then they had a, a boy and then a girl and if you know everything that society said and then their kids are are high achieving kids and life looks perfect but what's missing again is your soul you know what what are you here on this planet to do and if you're if you're not supporting that vision if you're just doing what everybody tells you is right in society then you're never going to be happy no matter what you do ever 
so you know I have I have kids that and when I say kids I mean teenagers and college students that are rebelling against their parents you know and and they're they're doing tattoos and nose rings and and not that they you know of course do do what you need to do to express yourself but I feel like they don't know themselves yet I feel like they don't know themselves well enough. They're just saying, I'm not happy with who my mom or dad wants me to be. So I'm going to go and pierce my nose and then I'll fit in with that group over, over there. Or I'm going to go and get a tattoo because that'll make me cool. And I won't have to really look at myself and see who I am. Stuff like that. So, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of characters that are being portrayed in this world. In real life. A lot, of, a lot of characters that we've had to put on. And um, play, play out, play out on our own stage. Yeah, for, for survival or for uh, expectation. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. For both, because, too, um, surviving you know your parents want you to live a certain life they want you to make enough money because it's expensive to live and it's expensive to live well so you know i mean my own mother wanted me to get my masters in after i i did a bfa she was like no you need to go get your masters and at that point in my life i was so tired of school mm -hmm. And I just wanted to live because the way to be an actor is art, you know, art imitates life. So you go out and you learn and you be and you develop your acting skills. So to me at that point, a master's didn't make sense and I didn't want to do it. Now I wish I had done it. But, you know, that's that's what then being a coach or a mentor. Now I can say to my students, I know you don't want to go back to school. I know you want to be done. But I promise you, you get your master's because it levels you up. It takes another two years. Go get your master's. You know, it's not a big deal. And so I can say that to them. In hindsight. Yes. In hindsight, right? Yeah. So, um, uh, uh, where were we? Yep. So <laughs> any other thoughts on how you might bridge the, those two worlds so the real life person can step off the stage and claim their whole person? Any other thoughts on it? Any other insights, advice? You know, I think that that's been a really personal journey for myself too, is Figuring out who I am authentically, which is a big phrase term right now. Be your authentic self. What does that mean? What does that mean? Be authentic. Be true to yourself. That means that you have to stop, go inside and say, how is this making me feel right in this moment? And it could be as simple as what you want to eat for dinner. How many times you say, I don't know. I don't care. What do we have? No, really. Go inside and say, what do you really feel like eating? And honoring and that inner voice. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And, and if you don't know, then take a while and figure it out. Form your opinions. But have opinions about things. Not to the point where you're opinionated, but just right. know what you want and you desire out of life. Um, you know, when things don't feel good to you or right to you, why? Figure it out. When did it start? What is it making you, why is it making you feel that way? And, and then when you're, go ahead. And, and being able to create and hold a space for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. C- compared and, to some people just, they, they have no space for it. So that voice can't even be able, can't even begin to emerge. Right. And, yeah. and, and then your life is all about things, things. Mm. I, have to, I have to be successful because I have to have this thing mm-hmm. and this thing and this thing and this thing, because that's going to make my life better. And granted things are great. They help us get through, you know, whatever we need. A, we need a new thing because it gives us a little lift sometimes. And, and it can and, be, be and a terrific resource. Right. Um, but you have to be okay with that. The things you have to find it, you know, what do you, when you ask the question, what do you want? I want a new car. Well, sure. Everybody wants a new car, but what in you is making you want a new car? Are you embarrassed of your car? Are you feeling less than, are you feeling like you don't measure up, you know, what, what's making you want that new car? Yeah, that's a really powerful question. What do you want? Because um, people sometimes won't answer it completely on or honestly. And because, right. Yeah. 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 And the other thing that's interesting in society is when things get reversed, like loving things and using people compared to loving people and using things. And so then if, if their life is filled with things, they don't understand, well, why does my life feel empty right now? But if they've never been able yet to Mm -hmm. develop uh, the sense of what it is to love people and even the right people, not the, you know, (laughs) toxic people, for instance, or people that don't have their best interests, that's also some like an area that, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's so important to love the right people. And, you know, I, it's really important, as we know, to surround ourselves with people that want the best for you and are going to lift you up and are going to celebrate you. And I found, as I've gotten older, that those people are less and less and less. And it's sad. It's really sad that there's, you know, in that there are so many people that are unaware that of their impact on themselves and others. That, yeah, that are unaware of, of how they're speaking, what they're saying, uh, how they're behaving, how it all affects the people around you. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad people, 
But what it means to me is that it's really important for people around me to be self-aware. Um, so I, and that's, it's, it's not easy. You have to be really um, honest with yourself. You have to really be honest and say, how am I, how am I affecting the world around me? And being conscious that whatever you may say or do is going to affect the world around you. So make it a good thing. Make it good, you know? Um, so I've, so I've worked on that a lot myself, but I also coach that too. You know, when you walk into an audition room, be the person, be that gorgeous, wonderful soul that you are, you know, if you bring that person with you, they're going to, they're going to notice you because yeah. and energy is felt whether you know it or not. Yeah. You and know? it also can set people energy at ease. Felt. Yep. Yeah. Um, so right. moving on to That's the fourth right. question. Um, so reality versus the image. Um, I had brought up to you uh, before we started recording about uh, one of the things that can happen when somebody is on a stage and then they step off the stage. And I was joking with you about uh, Red Jamie oh. and the series Outlander. Um, and I wondered if you would talk for a moment about if you've ever experienced uh, the loneliness that comes with a character that you have played on a stage. And then let's say you run into an audience member in the public at a coffee shop or, or wherever in the public and they can't see the difference between the real you and the scripted character. You know, it hasn't happened to me a whole lot, but I tend to play characters that are larger than life, um, that are very, very powerful, very either funny or, um, you know, uh, uh, lar basically larger than life. And in real life now, anyway, I'm very relaxed, you know? So there was actually, uh, I went to vote and one of the guys that was behind the voter, I had just done a role in a, a local theater and it was, uh, the character's name was Masha. And she was this very stuck up, uh, performer that the world world revolved around her and and she was a celebrity you know so when I went up and we had masks on too and the guy behind the counter recognized me from the show and he said oh my god I loved you in in Fania Sonia Masha and Spike and I and I had glasses on my hair was a wreck and I just was like oh my gosh thank you how did you know you know and he said well I, I recognized your eyes and you know, it was a moment of, I felt, I felt like the character because I was being recognized for who I was or who I played in that moment. Um, you know, but other, and also, and, and this is funny too, my husband and I did a show together where he played, it was called The Addams Family and it was a musical and he played Lurch and I played uh, Morticia. And he, every time we went to this 
diner, the owner of the diner would look at my husband and go, like large. But after a while, it was like, we're we're just coming in to eat some breakfast. How long is this joke going to go on? (laughs) You know? Yes, yes. So, So I think, you know, I think, I think people are really impacted by celebrity and, you know, or, or seeing something and then having it come to real life is, you know, you have that fangirl or fanboy in you that like, Oh my God, I met, I met the person that was so great and it lifts their spirits, you know, but it's never impacted me in a negative way. Never. Yeah, I was going to say that's very positive because yeah, yeah it's never, yeah. I, I know that there are, many, many actors that it's impacted them in a negative way, but it hasn't, it hasn't with me. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Um, the reason I was asking is, is sometimes uh, the next generation can find themselves underneath an image, whether it's the brand of the family or, yes. um, you know, whatever circumstances they find themselves in. And then, you know, h- how do they make peace with, again, finding their, their route to authenticity and being able to get out from underneath that shadow where they get recognized as the character from blah, blah, blah. And, and a part of that can be positive with the nostalgia. But, but, so, but it's interesting because there is definitely a human reaction when somebody then in their mind forms an opinion of, oh, you were in that. And then that storyline gets connected with it. Yeah. And sometimes people yeah. don't always separate it because they're not thinking it through. Yeah. You know, I, I actually had an experience like that with my parents. Um, We lived in a small town. I grew up in New York and then we moved to a small town in Connecticut. And um, I was always associated with my parents and that wasn't necessarily a good thing. Um, And I hated it. Um, I didn't rebel because I was a good girl. but I, I took it to, it probably took me until I was 30 and I was married and I finally couldn't stand it anymore. And I blew my whole life up um, to get away from that image. I blew it up and I moved to Florida. To start anew? To start anew. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and nobody knew who I was. Yeah. So it was, it was so empowering and so freeing. Um, And it was kind of like a journey that I knew I needed to take because I couldn't go on the way I was living. Yeah. I was just smiling a moment ago because I didn't know that you could uh, relate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, that's another, you know, that I, I, I won't air all my dirty laundry, but you know, yeah, it's, it was, it was, it was, it was pretty intense. You know, I didn't like, I didn't like their image, what they, what they portrayed. So I took it upon myself to, to change it. Good for you. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. So which probably uh, makes you a very good coach also. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, so moving on to the next question. Um, okay. So sometimes affluent individuals can be seen as celebrities. And as a side effect, more effort can be invested into maintaining appearances. 
compared to developing other skills or areas of their life. And it only becomes a problem if a crisis comes, like you had talked about before. If the money is always there and the lifestyle is always there, then the, the dream continues and the good times roll forward. Um, so here's my question. Uh, and, and you can choose to answer this lightly or deeply, however you prefer. Uh, what areas have you had to develop off the stage in order okay. to lead others now as their guide or as their coach? I think being, being very human, being very down to earth, being honest, um, really understanding the art of communication. I've learned how to ask questions and always, always having a running dialogue of questions, you know, what, why, why, why did that happen? What are, you know, um, really being able to listen to someone and, you know, listening is, is actually one of the biggest forms of one of the biggest techniques in acting is being able to really be able to listen to the other person so that you can respond um, the way the character would respond. But how many times have you been in a situation at a dinner or at a party or even with your good friend where they're not listening to you? Mm. They're not really listening. They don't really want to know. They just want to talk about themselves. So when somebody asks me how I am, I have to read them and say, do you really want to know? Or are you just asking the question? So a lot of times I'll give them the short answer because I, the worst thing, in my opinion, is watching somebody glaze over and they don't realize they're doing it. They're just thinking about either how they can add to the conversation or they're thinking about the list of things they need to do. And somewhere along the line, they were told that they should ask somebody how they are. Mm -hmm. So what I've developed off stage is all of these qualities that make someone feel heard, feel cared for, feel empowered, feel good enough. Yep. Because that's so important. To, for somebody to tell you that you're good enough wherever you are, you know, and they won't always believe you, but you have to keep at it. Yeah. You have yeah. To remind them you have to plant the seeds, you know, and it's not, it's not, it's not bells and whistles either. It's not like, rah, 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 you're so good enough. You know, I, I believe in you. It's being with them at the same place that they are. Genuinely, you know, genuinely, genuinely. And, you know, it's one of the things, I don't know if you were still going to ask me about neurolinguistic programming. Yes. At but, the very end. Yes, please. Okay. So I, so, um, but one of the reasons that I took the course in NLP is because I did the things that NLP 
uh, teaches without thinking about it. When you are with a person, if you're matching them, if you're basically, if they're relaxed and you're relaxed, you're going to get more out of the conversation. If you're, uh, you know, because like attracts like. So, so I've always been able to read somebody, but what this has done is it's helped me to watch eye movements, watch uh, body language, um, help people do something called reframing, which is also another buzzword of today. Reframing their thoughts about why this is the way this is. You know, okay, let's take that fear. What are you afraid of? What are you, you're afraid of cracking? You're afraid of your voice cracking? Okay, so let's imagine that you crack. Let's play out that scenario. What's gonna happen? Let's, let's, let's see if you don't crack. What's gonna happen? Let's play out that scenario, you know? And so what neurolinguistic programming has done is it's given me basically the, uh, the I, I guess a, a more solid uh, tool set than the one that I was already using. Mm-hmm. I now have, you know, things that I was using instinctually, but now I have, you know, the real tools in the chest to say, all right, let me bring out this. Let me, you know, let's reframe that. Let's look at how you're, are you feeling this? Are you, is it in your head? You know, let's get it out of your head and put it into your body type of thing. Good, good to add to your real life experiences. Right, right. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Okay. So in, so this is wonderful and you are good enough. And in closing, I've got, um, one of two questions, or you can answer both if you like. What would you like your legacy to be? And or what are your top three values? Well, I can probably answer both because I've thought about them both. You know, one of my, one of the reasons that I started Impact back in 2000 and no, 1990. I started Impact Dance and Drama Um, and Impact. So when I, when I sat and I thought about it, I remembered every single teacher that I ever had in my life and the ones that had a positive impact and the ones that haven't had a negative impact. And like I said earlier, I always want to be the teacher or the mentor or whomever you needed when you were a child or, you know, I want to be that person for you. So my legacy is that when you think back to your time with me, when you think back to what I taught or the seeds I planted or the, the tools that I've given you to live your best life, that you remember me as being one of the people in your life that has had an impact, a positive impact on you. And my three qualities. Or top three values, uh, sure. Three values are um, honesty, um, compassion, 
communication. Um, those are those values have have made my life so much better, have saved me in so many situations. And I think that the clients that come to me can see that and feel it, that there is honesty between us, that there is compassion between us and that there's communication, which is the most, it, it's the most important thing. If you can communicate effectively and clearly without being angry or upset, without being uh with taking the other person into consideration, not putting them on the defensive. If you can say, I hear you, I want you to listen to me just for a little bit and be able to get out or communicate your needs, the, the world would be a totally different place. So, you know, I, I, that's how I want to be remembered. That's how I want, you know, and I, I'm actually friends with my students from, 25 years ago, you know, they're all grown with families and, you know, it's been amazing. So I hope to continue that. Good, good. Um, and where can people find you on the internet? Ah, well, my website is my name, www.melanievesey.com. And I hang out mostly on Instagram uh, under the Instagram handle impact coaching and wellness. Um, and that's it. I, I, I have Facebook, but I don't go on it very much anymore. Um, but you can still find me on there. If okay. You need to. okay. And, uh, and that's it. That's okay. You can find me. I'm here. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time to offer your wisdom, your insights and what you think are, um, what individuals need to know today, given the layers of, you know, how much we hear on social media and um, just to let them know that you can guide them and navigate them as a resource that is available. And so in digging through yeah. some of the, you know, all the clutter that can be found on the internet and so forth, I thought it was valuable to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation to dive into, you know, what I had called five kind of tougher areas, five topics that I think are relevant today. And also just, uh, again, to have a deeper conversation and not just talk about your, not that there's anything wrong with your three favorite books or, or so forth, but I just wanted to dive oh, no. in deeper. So thank you so much for having this conversation. And I really appreciated your participation. Oh, my pleasure. It was wonderful. What a great conversation. Okay. Absolutely.